Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Perry. And this is our podcast, P.S. We, we have, have orders. orders. All right, guys. So, hi. Uh, this is Perry's voice speaking. We just want to say thank you so much for tuning in, listening to our podcast. We met back in 2014, right? Yep, sounds about right. Yep. And we met while we were both stationed on this tiny little base in Germany together. Um, it was my first base with my husband, and it was Shannon's second. Yep, it was our first overseas, but our second base together. Mm-hmm. That was, oh man, I feel like that was a whole lifetime ago. If I only knew then what I know now. <laughs> our husbands are both in the Air Force, but don't worry, we're a podcast for all branches. We don't hate. I mean, obviously there's some normal, playful banter between all branches. And Naturally. Things are always said between, but overall, the one thing I have learned, even where we are right now in Japan, we're in a really unique situation here where we have all four branches here. I mean... What I do for work, I work with all four branches. I deal with the Marines mostly, Army, Navy, Air Force. I deal with civilians, retirees, you know, anyone who pretty much is on base. I deal with them. It's yeah. kind of funny because there are some stereotypes and then there's also some moments you go, I think I can guess what, what branch you are, are you're in if you're not in uniform. That's for, that's a whole other day with a whole other topic. Yeah, and meanwhile, I'm over here. Uh, we left Germany a year before Shannon and her husband went to Japan, and we're now in the Midwest, which is fine. And I feel like I don't even see anybody in the military anymore. I went on base last week because my husband had to pick up his new uniform because he finally switched over to the, what are they called? They're not ABUs anymore. They're... Oh. Um, I don't know. I'm not completely sure. Anyways, they moved over to that one thing to that other thing, that one acronym to the new acronym. And (laughs) so I went on base. I was like, I don't think I've been here since 2019. (laughs) And meanwhile, Shannon, you live on base. You work on base. You have to drive through one base to get between each base. Yes, that's literally my commute is majority through bases. It's definitely it's a completely different concept from going from being stateside where you're kind of separated to over in Germany where we were, where we were associated with the base. We did work with the base, but we had to go to other bases for other things. Right. And the fact that all the other military, I mean, also lived off base, but we had our own community together because that language barrier, I felt like even though we didn't all live on base together, we still spend all of our time with each other just because of that language barrier and things like that. So, you know, you kind of had that sense of community developed opposed to here. We have, I know I have my friends that, you know, their significant others work with my husband and I just happen to really like them and we all get along, which is rare. I feel, (laughs) I feel like it's very rare that you get along with the spouses of like your husband's shop. Other than them, like I, I don't feel like I have anything to do with this space. I just kind of work and live kind of in the other direction. So it's interesting that we started in the same place and then we went in like very different directions. Yeah, it's, it's definitely polar opposite because I did not think when we got here I was going to start working, let alone as quickly as I started working. We got here in October and I started working in February and I've been working since. Even through the pandemic, yes, I am still working. Yeah. Shane, do you want to tell them a little bit more about yourself? Like how long your husband's been in? What yeah, you do? Badly. My husband joined out of high school. He started reserve and then he went over to active duty within a couple of years. And then our first duty station was in the Midwest as well. And we were only there less than two years. Once we were there, he changed his dream sheet. It felt like he changed it. And then like really quickly, we were like, hey, BT dubs, you're going to Germany. And remind you, 
I'm originally from New England. I'm from a small state, small town. I know when I go to Walmart, I'm going to at least run into someone. I went. I feel that. I feel that so much. Even when I go home now, I like don't want to go into Walmart because you know you're going to run into somebody that you know, and you don't want to have a two-hour conversation about where you've been for the last That's 10 years. That's exactly why I'm it, – it was – I felt I actually had more culture shock when we moved from our home state to where he was stationed in the Midwest. We were there less than two years, and next thing we knew, we were on our way to Germany, and I was petrified. I will not lie. I was petrified to go to Germany. I did not know much about Germany outside of what – we're taught in school, which is Nazis. very, very smooth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's honestly I wasn't the gonna only say- thing I knew. No, I'm going to go ahead and say it because I was so wrong. When we got orders, I mean, we, we were in a weird situation because we knew where we were going to be going like a year out. Like I knew when I married Will, we were going to end up going to Germany after he was done in Korea. You know, I had a lot of time, but like I was an idiot, like kind of like looked up Duolingo and like tried to learn a little bit, but I didn't know anything about the country. I just kind of went there and I was like, yeah, Germany has the Autobahn and they used to have Nazis, but not anymore. And then I got there and I'm like, they recycle. Oh, their bread tastes better. Have you had their ice cream? It was just, I don't know. I I had no longing, lifelong desire to go, but I was excited when we got orders because I was excited to leave my small New England town because weirdly enough, Shannon and I are both from New England, which as a New Englander, it's very rare that you meet another New Englander outside <laughs> of New England. Oh, 100%. 100%. So, it's more normal that like when you're in New England, you find somebody that like moved from New Jersey to Massachusetts. You probably see that more often or like New yep. York to Massachusetts. If I ever see anybody that's like from Maine, out in the wild i'm like excuse me how did you get here who let you out tell me your secrets let's also talk about how like in new england i am the nicest person in the world and then i'm hanging out with my texan friends and i like have a normal interaction like parrot you can't say that you have to be nice to them i'm like what what <laughs> i was nice i didn't call them ma'am and honey and darling but i was nice so i think bless, a lot of people I moved out of Maine when I was 17. So I've been pretty much my whole adult life. I've been living elsewhere. But there's definitely sometimes you come across the wrong way, especially in the Midwest. These like wholesome family corn fed people that live next door to their mom and two doors down to their grandma's. (laughs) And I'm just like, hey, and there I'm just a lot, just a lot here. Well, I mean, I I'm joked about at the office that I'm the loudest. You are. Or one of the loudest. No, you are. I don't know everybody uh, in your shop, no. but I can tell you who you are. It's not my fault that I was born with no no volume levels below 50. It's not my fault. I'm also the loudest in, in my office. It's, so. it's just who we are. That's yeah. just a little bit of a, I guess, a sprinkles onto who we are. We do plan on getting into a little bit more into our great adventures into Germany, actually, next episode. So hang tight for that yeah. one. Especially if you're going to Germany, you're going to want to listen because we're going to have some amazing advice and recommendations. We're going to cover quite a few basic topics next week. This week's topic has been part of the military community for quite some time. It is something that I have seen, I have dealt with, and so has Perry. I have. Not to the same level, for sure. It was actually one of the first things Shannon and I did together in Germany. She asked me if I wanted to go to a a party during the day with her, and I had no idea what she was talking about, and I just agreed. And Shannon, what did we go do? 
Tell us, Shannon, what did you drag me to? I I feel so bad for this because I could barely remember this. Honestly, until Perry brought up the story, I could actually kind of forgot. We went to a pure romance party, which if you were not familiar, that is that falls under to the uh, today's topic of MLMs. We are going to discuss just lightly. There's no hate. Just we're going to disclaim this right now. There is no hate if this is your income. If this is your choice, this is your grind. If this is how you get your coin, get your coin. But just be mindful that this is something that military communities are seeing more, dealing with more. And there is some positive, there is some negative side to this, to this whole topic. And that's something we're going to touch on today. So if you like, I'm going to pass, uh, pass this over to Perry. You know, for anybody that doesn't know what an MLM is, uh, welcome to the military. You must be new. I'm just kidding. So <laughs> there's some examples. I'm sure you've heard of it before. Tupperware, for example, um, Herbalife, Pampered Chef, LuLaRoe, It Works, Mary Kay, just to name a few. They're all MLMs. And MLM stands for a multi-level marketing business, essentially. Fundamentally, it is just a form of sales. Direct sales is when you have a seller that sells you a product. And an MLM is when you have a supplier and then they work under somebody and then they work under somebody else. According to the Federal Trade Commission, direct selling is a blanket term that encompasses a variety of business forms premised on person-to-person selling in locations other than a retail establishment, such as social media platforms or the home of the salesperson or prospective customer. Multi-level marketing is one form of direct selling. Generally, a multi-level marketer distributes products or services through a network of salespeople who are not employees of the company and do not receive a salary or wage. Instead, members of the company's sales force usually are treated as independent contractors who may earn income depending on their revenues and expenses. Before I get into what all that means, um, according to Investopedia.com, they're in 2017, so, you know, three, four years ago. There's over 116 million independent representatives worldwide. Basically, when you have your pure romance parties or your Facebook live parties where, you know, your friend gets involved and your friend gets 10% of this if she has a party for this person and then that person has to give a percentage of all those sales from that party to somebody else. That's what multi-level marketing means. On a whole, it's not illegal, but it kind of like teeters on illegal sometimes, which will get into a little bit more later but basically it's just sales when there is a supply chain to get you that product and i'm gonna flip it back over to shannon because she actually has some personal experience with multi-level marketing yes um i was really young actually fresh out of high school i was 18 and i honestly can't remember when i got involved or who i whose scheme I listened to or whatever it was. I honestly don't remember who even got me involved. But I ended up getting involved into Avon Cosmetics. That is another really older cosmetic company just like Mary Kay. Isn't that what in Edward Scissorhands? Isn't that what the woman was selling? Was it Avon? Probably. Avon's been around for a very long time. And one thing that Avon's really known for is their cosmetics and their soft hand lotion. That is their big sellers is that in their cosmetics. And like, I won't lie, when I got involved, I used their makeup. I didn't mind it. That's actually where I started to learn the basics of makeup. With that, I got into it. I started selling. I only had a very, very small amount of people I sold to. It was literally like my friend's mom, his grandmother, and like three people from work. 
So my grouping of people I sold to was extremely small. One thing that I found that seems to be very common is that with these type of jobs, turnover happens quite frequently. And one thing that happened to me is that my district manager changed. And one thing that was very frustrating is that I think when the district manager changed, ordering stuff changed. I don't know if it correlates together or that it just happened to happen around the same time. And one issue I had is that I always consistently ordered 10 booklets because that's all I that's all I ever used was 10 booklets. And I was lucky if I got a few sales off of the 10 I handed out. And remind you, you pay for those booklets. They're not free. You pay for them. And when hands got changed over around that same time frame, I ordered my normal amount of 10 booklets, or at least I thought it was the 10 booklets I ordered. In all reality, I ordered 10 boxes of booklets. Which is probably a lot, probably more than what your income was for the whole month, I would imagine. Way more. It was in the hundreds. Yeah. Um, okay. I had, I think I ended up getting, I can't remember how much each box had, but I had several, I think I, I think I ac- it accidentally ordered over a hundred booklets. Okay. Which is way more than I'll ever do. And mind you, booklets change every, I think it was like quarterly or every, mo- every other month or something. It was something that I was not going to make run- anywhere close on my return on that. And remind you, I lived with my mother still at that time. And she got those boxes in the mail and she looked at me like, what are you doing? What is this? What's going on? So I had to call my district manager basically saying like, I don't know why why this got this many shipped here. I only ordered 10 books. She's like, no, 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 no. You ordered this many. And I told her flat out, if you look at how many sales I make, I make nothing, nothing in comparison for that many books. And she tried to push me into handing out those books. She's like, oh, this can add to your revenue, blah, blah, blah. No, honey. I'm a dumb 18-year-old trying to make a little bit of side side cash before I can get a job to pay for my license. The whole thing ended up going out to me getting really upset with her and telling her, you will find all these books out on the curb. You're welcome to come pick them up, and I expect a refund. Mm-hmm. And this whole event caused me to get a very foul taste in my mouth from it and never, ever wanting to be involved with it ever again. And from there, I ended up quitting. Basically, shortly after that, I ended up quitting. I stopped selling. I stopped doing anything. If anyone asked me for anything, I said, sorry, I don't do that anymore. I believe she did actually come up, come and pick up the books because I legitly walked them all outside and put them on the curb. And I put her name on them. And I told her, you have this many hours to pick them up before the trash comes and picks them up. No, I don't feel bad. It probably wasn't the best way to handle things, but I was 18 and a hothead and very upset because I felt like I was having the wool. We'll, uh, we'll take it over my ass. And then from there, about, I think it was within six months, a new district manager contacted me asking me, why did I quit? Do what I ever want to come back? And I told her flat out, nah, I'm okay. You guys try to screw me over lack of better words. What is that? One of those famous phrases of like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Exactly. Yeah. So I followed that mantra of it and my mom also encouraged me just to basically stay away from those things she's like clearly it didn't pan out don't do it because I almost got roped into Mary Kay within that same time frame and I realized from being burned from Avon why would I jump from one MLM to the next the only difference is that I knew my district manager was actually a good friend of mine's mom can you talk a little bit more about maybe your district manager and kind of like your supply chain and how all of that worked? How it works is that someone signed me up like I mentioned I don't remember who signed me up I don't remember whose house I went to for a party because that's normally how you how you end up signing up is that you get invited to a party which it could be for pure rarements it's like a passion party for Avon or Mary Kate it's normally a makeup party and so I'm like come over let's do make makeovers and stuff like that and you put out normally samples and you really rope in the customer 
on the product. You these one of the best ways to one of the best ways of uh, figuring out a product that you like is trying it on. So if they go, oh my god, here's you know samples of our best lipstick samples. Everyone tries one. They go, oh my god, this red lipstick is perfect. They're gonna end up buying it, and right there that gives you sales. And another tactic they tend to use is that at these parties they encourage you to possibly sign up if they go. Oh my God, if you really like this product or, oh, wow, you seem like a natural, you should really look into joining us, sell, you know, get, get that extra money, get the, become that boss babe and get that extra And that sounds really good. Like you said, you're fresh out of high school, like you hadn't started college yet. It was like a good, easy way to make money. And I think uh, a lot of people either straight out of high school or straight into military life that maybe don't have an education and they don't have roots could definitely be into for sure because it seems like a great idea it's really easy to do it if you're trying to become more social because it forces these things force you to have to do some form of parties especially nowadays i mean spite covid Mm -hmm. normally you would throw in-person parties and depending on the company they will actually encourage you to throw multiple parties a week depending on how big your friend circle is that gets very hard, very competitive, very quickly. Your market gets super saturated because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're also encouraged to recruit more people because if you can recruit somebody yes. in your downline, you're not only getting a percentage of your sales, but you're then getting a percentage of that person's sales. But if you're at one base, yep. then, you know, there's only so many people on that base that is going to be wanting that product until eventually you have 10 representatives for 100 people. Well, like, sorry, you're only ever going to get at most 10 customers at that point. It turns into a very heavily saturated and a very competitive market, depending on if one person gets into a makeup one like Unique. That one is probably the more common one you hear more often now is Unique. Mary Kay, and then I'm, I don't know if Avon has kind of fallen out, but I, for the most part, I really don't hear about Avon anymore. I think that was probably bigger for the um, last generation yeah, more or so. I'm pretty sure they still make money. Well, Avon has, they have stuff at retail stores. You'll see Avon in retail stores, which yep. I feel like mm-hmm. you don't really see other ones in retail as much. So I kind of want to touch more on the parties and stuff because like Shannon mentioned, when you're a new military spouse and you get invited to a party, it's not a bad thing. I think it is a really good way to socialize and get to know people if you're at a base. Like MLM themselves can be kind of tricky and dangerous, but the social side of it works out really well because I feel like human beings are very social people especially as a military spouse i mean if your spouse is gone all day and you don't know anybody like it's very isolating and that can quickly lead to depression and stuff so going out and going to these parties and meeting people is not a bad thing this is actually something that women specifically and spouses of working people let me say that spouses that are married to a full-time working other spouse. I don't want to say it's just women or wives, but they have been roped into this for a really long time because we are a bunch of intelligent and motivated and social and bored people. (laughs) And we have to do something with all of our energy. And if somebody can come along and say, hey, Do you want to make a little bit of money and support your household? And spend? like, yes, like, absolutely. Like, that's definitely something I want to do. Sign me up. So I think that, you know, we're kind of preyed upon a little bit in that in that community, which is why we want to talk about this today, because it is so prevalent. There is a lot of younger spouses coming in that maybe don't know what it's all about. But like getting back to the parties, though, I mean, this has been happening for so long, like back in 1950. 
there was this guy. His name was Earl Tupper. He's from Massachusetts. Hey, New England. And um, he actually found a way to turn this plastic byproduct that nobody wanted, like, during the Industrial Revolution and all that good stuff. But anyways, he found a, a purpose for it. Um, and he made what we know as Tupperware. But he couldn't sell it. Because the 50s housewives thought plastic was gross, disgusting, and chemicals were bad for you. Turns out they're right, but that's we're going to just move on. But Earl Tupper from Massachusetts solicited the help of a woman named Brownie Wise. She was the actually able to sell Tupperware by this like party setting that we're all kind of used to. So she began hosting these pop-up parties for housewives where they would like provide drinks and food and they would do demonstrations of how to use Tupperware and like show how good that product is and things like that. So that's still like the foundation that we use today. So, I mean, this has really been going back from when, you know, our grandparents and our great-grandparents were our age. This is definitely kind of like within us to do. And I just think it's really interesting. And now it's kind of, you know, moved over to social media and stuff. Like I know... Just in the last two weeks, I'm invited to like three MLM Facebook parties. One of them multiple times. You get a ping. You always get notification on your Facebook if you get a friend request, message, whatever it may be. One thing that um, MLMs or any of these companies have really learned is that use social media to your advantage. Mm-hmm. And 100%. And due to COVID, obviously, you're not supposed to have gatherings more than so many people, especially people outside of your normal bubble. Mm-hmm. With that, people are now having to do virtual parties, which is very common, like auctioning. And I think LuLaRoe was actually very common to do virtual. Yeah, and the sticky nails. Um, what are these? Oh, yeah, j- uh, Jamberry. They do those really big ones. They like, I mm-hmm. mean, I like they're not bad. Like, I joined one in the beginning before I knew what was happening. And, like, it was fun. They would have, like, it's a movie. And it would, like, all the nails, like, coordinate to, like, a theme. You had to, like, guess, like, what the movie was. I don't know kind of fun i never won anything the thing is that there are a lot of fun and that's the thing is is that these been really kind of brought into the household of a lot of people that are they could be spouses that don't work male or female does not matter it's one of those things where you will commonly see one spouse who works and then the other one's home with the child or just home working on school or home just in general because maybe they don't need that second job or maybe they opted to not work due to various reasons and because of that, they end up getting involved with it, another community because when you are stationed overseas or even just stationed stateside, like both me and Perry said, we grew up in our small towns or our small states. And that's all we knew. We did not know anyone where we were moving to. And even at the time, we didn't even realize there's Facebook pages for a lot of these. Yeah, no, places. I had no idea. And you, your, only way of, your only way of making connections, social connections, might only be through Facebook groups, through MLM parties, through other people just reaching out of the goodness of their hearts, which you will not always see right. that. And one of the things with MLMs is that they like to throw parties. And I love to throw parties. I love to host. And one of them was I decided to help out a friend, stress help out a friend because the way she pitched it to me was, hey, I just started 31. 31 is a bag company that it can be anywhere from purses to wallets to tote bags. And they're pretty good tote bags. I mean, I never used them up until this party. Their patterns are a little wacky for my taste. And I like weird, just not that type yeah. of But, I mean, you said they were pretty good quality. A lot of people do like them. So yes. not all MLM products are bad by any means. No, not not always. 
And with this one is she asked me to host a party at my house, which I said, no problem, because, you know, I like to cook for a crowd and invite people over. So that reminds you, financially for me, I didn't work. I paid out of pocket for all the food I had out for everybody, all the drinks. Um, I cleaned my house for days prior because anyone who's a housewife or house husband, we all know when you have anyone coming over that's outside of your small ring of close friends that have seen your house disgusting, you feel the need to overclean your house. Yes. Why? Because you think there's a speck of dust that somehow that one spouse is going to notice or that one person's going to go, hmm, does she really clean? <laughs> yeah, some people are so judgmental. Can we just quick sidebar how mean some spouses are? Well, that's that's where the anxiety of hosting comes in of, oh, God, my house has to be perfect. I have to put up that front of my house is perfect and always clean because I'm right. a perfect housewife. Even though we all know it's not true, but we all pretend we're perfect housewives. Right. That's the fun of it all. I hosted this party in the party. Actually, I talked to her and this was one of those things we planned out for a little bit. Who I invited were people I knew were mentioning prior saying, oh, my God, I really need to do a 31 order. You know, and the one thing with MLMs is that you can't go to a site and just order. You have to find a representative and order through that representative. That is how the money is made, because you order through a representative, the percentage goes to them percentage goes to the company and the percentage goes to the upstream and so forth and so forth and so forth so with this she asked me to host the party had no problem hosted the party had a really good turnout probably the best turnout i've seen from whenever i've ever hosted people not only did they show up for it they actually bought a lot i don't remember the exact numbers because it's been two three almost yeah three something years at this point maybe four it was triple triple four four digits maybe of it was like at least couple hundred, maybe a thousand dollars worth of product was sold. Which is a great turnout. One thing that's a huge turnout, especially for her first in-person party, that's huge. The best part is that set her up to be moved up in the uh, ranking for that company, which most companies have rankings. They have like, you know, copper, platinum, silver, gold, whatever it may be, uh, diamond colors, whatever. She was super thankful, super happy. She even told me she was probably one of the best parties she's ever heard has done, turned out, blah, blah, blah. And it was very funny because within probably six months, she stopped talking to me. Basically, once this party panned out and everyone got their stuff, she stopped talking to me. I was like, okay, whatever. Maybe she's busy. I don't know what happened. I think words were exchanged. I, I don't honestly don't remember because like I said, it's been years. So there's no hate going towards her way. She ended up stopped talking to me and then removed me off of Facebook. Ended up blocking me. And don't worry, though. I recently realized I was still part of her 31 party uh, oh, Facebook no group. Part of the group. But I'm not salty. Just at this point, it just it left a really sour taste in my mouth. And it kind of caused me to start researching the dark or the not so good side of MLMs. And if Perry doesn't mind, I want to kind of touch in on some of those oh, points. Please do, because by that point, when you had your party, that was when I was just over MLMs. And I didn't go to her party like best friends in Germany. I didn't even go because I was already over MLMs. I had sworn them off. I didn't really know why, but I'm glad Shannon went into this. And I know there's like some kind of recent cases that really go into how dark it is. So yeah, take it away, Shannon. Tell us what you've learned. I actually started picking up a lot of this information off of a couple different uh, YouTubers and some Facebook groups. And one of the YouTubers I really want to give a huge shout out to is the Illuminati. She, I know, funny name. Blair goes into a lot of deep dives into individual companies 
And it isn't necessarily in a hateful way, but she brings a lot of these things to sight, like brings it up to the public going like, hey, such and such is dealing with this lawsuit because of these reasons. And this kind of caused me to start doing my own research. And one of them, and just one of many I found, which is one I'm currently looking at, that an article was done, which reminds you, all of these sources will be linked below in the episode notes. So if you want to do research yourself, please do feel free to read. One of the ones I want to cover right now is the um, LuLaRoe, which, by the way, if you're not familiar, is a is a clothing company. Yeah, that one was really big when we were there. That was yes. kind of like the biggest one I would think was going on when we were living together in Germany was LuLaRoe, which I mean, I felt the leggings. They are soft, but they are not $80 soft. One of the issues that they had was they end up with a sale tax class action lawsuit that recently came to an end in August. It was right? in Alaska. Was it like very recently? Yes. The article that I'm referring to was published back in August 2020, so very recent. And the class action lawsuit had to do with violating Alaska laws having to do with taxes. And like we all know with the United States, they want their tax money. You don't mess with taxes. You pay your taxes the way you're supposed to. One of the issues that a lot of MLMs run into, which I have met some representatives that ru have run into this issue, is that each state has different sale taxes. And even some states don't even have any sale tax. With that issue is that Lola Rowe was actually charging the wrong sale tax in the state of Alaska. She ended up paying a, paying the wrong wrong amount for taxes and basically had to reach out to the company saying that she wasn't supposed to be paying this amount, that she actually should be refunded for it. She ended up having to fight for it and eventually was, ref later the company did finally refund her. But it was after a big fight. It had to be brought to the courts for Lola Rowe to go, oh, different state, different taxes. And that, that case is Katie Van et al. versus LLR Inc. In case anybody wanted to look it up. Always feel free to, if you want to fact, fact check us, Go for it. If you want to look up this information, we will have it ready for you to look into. The other one that I actually heard about from the YouTuber I was just actually mentioning, I've recently watched an episode from her where she did a huge deep dive into Rodin and Fields, which is another company that I have heard a very large amount from, from actually a lot of other spouses that swear by their fake stuff. And remind you, the company Rodin and Fields was actually started by two Rodin women. Fields sounds like a law firm, right? Or like, or like life insurance company. Like it totally sounds like Rodin and Fields fighting for your insurance or something. That's what it sounds like to me. But they sound official though. It sounds very official. So one issue with Rodin and Fields is that the founders are actually doctors. They have doctrines in, um, with in skin. I'm sorry, I can't remember the name. Dermatology. There we go. Dermatology. That's actually what they have their they have their degrees in. So this is what their bread and butter is. They were actually originally, they were the ones who formed Proactive. The lawsuit that I'm actually going to be talking about with Rodin and Fields is they actually got in a lot of trouble back in 2018 for their eyelash serum, which we all know false eyelashes are rough to put on if you're not used to. Getting eyelash extensions are expensive. So, of course, if the company that you trust to do your face wash puts out an ice, like an eyelash serum, you're probably going to be like, oh, my God, let's go for it. I trust them. Well, people bought into it as per expected, it ended up having all these massive side effects. Can I please read off some oh. of these side effects? Oh, feel free, my dear. Can I please? Feel, feel free. 
My favorite one is reactivation of herpes. That is my favorite one. Avoid with iris cysts. I don't even know what that word is. Inflammation of the iris. Shrinking of fat cells around the eye, resulting in eye drooping. So if you want to just age overnight. Increased prominence of blood vessels. Hey, you can have bloodshot eyes all the time. Ooh. Darkening of eyelid skin and under eye skin. Increased pigmentation of iris, which kind of actually sounds cute. But like you're also going to have completely bloodshot, soggy eyes. So it's not, you know, if your, if your iris is better pigmented, it's really not going to matter. And then excessive tearing, eye pain, or lid crustacean. And if you have to put a list that includes the word herpes and crustacean, I feel like maybe they need to change their product a little bit. I'm sorry. Continue. When I, when I heard this um, bit about the eye serum, obviously I did my own research as much as you know, we all like to listen to people and go, oh, wow, 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 that sounds right. I did end up finding it other places, even from different places than what she was even referring to. So it is something that was a massive issue. And there ended up being a amount paid out. The class action lawsuit is seeking, okay, Rodenfield granted over $1.5 billion in sales in 2017 with the la uh, last blash accounting for 200 million of that revenue. So the class action lawsuit is obviously going towards that. This is still in in the works with the with the uh, courts. Probably know we might have an update later on. Who knows? But either way, I would be very upset if I was using a product that was sold to me by people that have degrees in this. So remind you, since they have, you know, since we all like to believe when people Go to school for how many years end up with a doctor? And that's what, 10 plus years of schooling, depending on what you're doing. Yeah. That's a lot of money to put into for a degree. And yeah. so they know the product that they're putting together. So they actually know the chemicals that go into this. So I wouldn't be surprised if they really kind of get ripped to shreds in the courts and non-biased biased opinion. <laughs> I kind of hope they do because they knew what they were getting into. They knew what they were selling. And that's one thing I really want to heavily stress. If you take anything away from this episode is please do your research before you join an MLM, before you leave an MLM, before you even buy the product from your high school friend that you knew 10 years ago who invited you to her whatever party online. Because like we all know, we all work to pay our bills. You work hard for that money. You should know where it's going. I think both of us have had bad experiences with MLMs um, and we're kind of, we don't personally participate in them anymore. I don't, I mean, I don't, I've sworn them all off just because uh, it's kind of hard for me to tell like one person, sure, I'll be part of it. And another person, no, I won't. So just kind of as a rule, I've just sworn them all off. You know, I'm not, we don't want to tell you it's a bad idea. That's not what we're saying here. You should be kind of more aware. So let's say that, you know, your friend is into an MLM and you're thinking about joining yourself because, you know, maybe your friend is making money and this does look like it's going to be a good fit for you. Maybe you are into sales. You know, maybe that's your thing. But like, there are some things that you can look into and I kind of want a more comprehensive list of like kind of what you should look out for and make sure you're not actually joining like a pyramid scheme or anything like that. So I found a list on HowStuffWorks.com and I'm just going to kind of go through some of those bullet points for things that you need to think about before you join an MLM. 
First thing is make sure it's not a pyramid scheme. See if they're offering money simply for recruiting people. If money is being generated from recruiting and not from a product itself, you want to stay away from that. So if your friend is going to make a lot of money by you joining in, they don't have your best interest at heart. So maybe stay away. Pyramid schemes charge steep startup costs for joining, including mandatory training, a starter kit, and non-refundable membership fees. Shannon, I know you were telling me there was like a startup. What company was it? There was like a $5,000 startup. Was it LuLaRoe? Mm-hmm. LuLaRoe has- 5000 or 500 No, it, it's it's in the thousand. And a lot of these companies expect you to have stock on hand, which by the way, disclaimer for um, all you overseas spouses, if you're shipping stuff through your APO box and they catch you shipping- product you can lose your box yeah that's a good that is a good helpful tip thank you shannon let's see so other things other than like startup fees uh, that you could look at to make sure you're joining like an actual reputable business would be if an mlm allows five or more levels of distributors to collect commissions on a single sale so it's not just your friend that's selling it to you getting money and like maybe their manager if it's five levels like if it makes i don't know maybe like a triangle or like a pyramid that's a pretty good sign that it's not a good product or it's an overpriced product and it is an MLM. Also, make sure that the products that are sold have real value and competitive price, that they are reputable brands and have the manufacturers been involved in a recent lawsuit, which if you're just buying a product, you might not have the time to like look up if that manufacturer had been involved in a scheme. But like if you're about to get involved into a business, I would definitely recommend seeing their past. Like Shannon went into, like you can check, you know that LuLaRoe has been having these issues. You can check on manufacturers and see if they have some kind of scandal, if they're using child slave labor and stuff like that. That's just something you should consider before you become an ambassador for a company that maybe you wouldn't ethically agree with otherwise. And then lastly, be wary of anyone who tries to sell you on an MLM by flaunting their personal wealth. You have to realize that many of those people who claim to have made millions through an MLM have actually made their money selling books and videos on how to make millions through MLMs. So you could be like, you could win a brand new Chevy if you sell feet extinguishers. (laughs) But you just got to remember that... Those people that are advertising how much money they made did not make that money off of selling products. They made that money through advertising about selling products. Just if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Which again goes back to Shannon when she says, do your research all the time. Just be mindful and just remember like, you know, when you get that message on Facebook from a girl that you knew from in high school that you haven't talked to in 10, 8 plus years going, hey girl, I have a great opportunity. You should come check it out and blah, blah, blah. Or, hey boss babe, you should come to my party. We're doing a virtual party for blah, blah, blah. And you know, you can win free samples. Just be mindful before you jump. If it's someone that you haven't talked to in a very long time and they're just trying to sell you product, that's another red flag that probably means she has, he or she has exhausted their circle already. I think the flip side too, like Shannon, you mentioned, you know, maybe your old friend from high school that you haven't talked to in forever is trying to sell you on this. I know I've seen this a lot on Facebook pages. You know, if you're new to a base, you say, hey, I'm new. I don't have any friends. Maybe I've even been here for six months. I haven't met anybody. Does anyone want to come and hang out? And you get a message from a stranger and they go, yeah, absolutely. They want to meet up with you. They invite you over to their house and it's a pure romance party or it's a sensi party. I just, 
I think um, a good example of that, which we're not going to get all the way into, I really want to have a separate episode on this, but is Martinsburg College. I think all of us that I've ever mentioned going back to school or getting a job or being lonely gets a Martinsburg representative. But again, we're not going to get into that now. But I think there's there's something to be said for the ethics of an MLM. If you're going to be a part of it, don't prey on people around you. Don't prey on lonely people. Don't prey on ourselves as military spouses. Like we need to build each other up and we need to not be doing this to ourselves. So that's just kind of one last thing I wanted to mention is, you know, go to a party. If you know you're going to a party and you want to have fun and you need a few pure romance items for your life, but don't prey on people like that. That's all I wanted to say. I guess on a more positive note is a new section called Solicited Opinions and NMRs. Yeah, these are uh, questions that I've seen on uh, spouse Facebook pages. And before we get into it, I just want to say, if you're a military spouse and you are lonely and you feel disconnected, join a military spouse Facebook page. There's a whole bunch. There's the Mill Spouse Tribe, which is probably the biggest one that I'm aware of. And it's for all military branches, for everybody. Shannon and I are part of the Mill Spouse Without Kids page, which as a, people in our late 20s that don't have kids, we are excluded out of a lot of things. And I think that's something I also want to talk about later. So it's a really great page where you can meet other people that are in your boat, um, stuff like that. Join your bases page, join the pets pages, join the sales pages, do what you can to get involved. And if you don't know how to get involved, reach out to us. We will send you links to Facebook pages. We will send you invites so you can get kind of more part of this community. So in these Facebook pages, I see a lot of questions come up, the same questions over and over again. And this week, I've seen a lot of questions about podcasts. What podcasts do you listen to? So obviously, P.S. We Have Orders is the top of my list. (laughs) And I also know Shannon and I both really enjoy, and that's why we drink. It's a true crime and paranormal podcast, and they have some great co-hosts. It's dark content, but really lighthearted podcasts at the same time. It's easy listening. Shannon, do you have anything you want to add about it? I love it. It's probably one of my probably easily top five if not top yeah but definitely in my top five for sure some other ones i'd like to listen to is um fake doctors real friends zach braff and donald Faison. they are from the show scrubs which i love that show i've watched it through more times than i can count um another one i started listening to recently is let's not meet which is um a host that pretty much just reads creepy counters with creepy people uh that were submitted on reddit so that one's really fun if you like dark, creepy stuff. I wouldn't recommend this if, like, your your spouse is maybe deployed and you're alone a lot. I actually started getting into um, these true crime podcasts while my husband was TDY for three months, and that was a mistake. Um, especially, I started listening to a show, I Survived, where it's, it's based off the TV show, but it's telling stories about, like, these horrible, terrible events about them getting attacked and how they survived, and I mean, it is, like, the most amazing thing to hear these survivors tell their stories. And then, if you really like true crime, there is, like, a 12-part series podcast called Cold that talks about the murder or the disappearance, I should say, of Susan Powell and the murder of her sons. And I was training for a half marathon when I started listening to this. So I would just run alone (laughs) listening to the most terrible things that could happen to a woman and her family. And I remember I, I was just running my half marathon 
listening to the creepiest, awfulest, most disgusting things in my life, and I loved it. So those are probably my dark ones. Um, but Shannon, I know you had some more fun ones. You want to talk about those? One that's more paranormal and actually historical, which I've been listening to and been catching up on, is Ghost Town. I actually recently been listening to them nonstop this last week. They're really good, very historical, but very paranormal, very good, very funny. Another one that I like, Scientology Fair Game. That is a podcast done by Leah Remini. I might have mispronounced your last name. I'm sorry. She got out of Scientology and it's literally talking about all the craziness with Scientology. So um, there's two really good LGBTQ podcasts that I love to listen to. We're Not Together has actually, I, I consider myself an ally and I love to learn more about the community that I might not know because I'm not complete, like I'm a part of it, but not fully a part of it. And I say that in the most respectful way I can. And the other one that I love, because I am a RuPaul Drag Race fan, is Work, and that's W-E-R-K, by Trinity the Tuck. And she is one of my favorite Ru girls. Those are my more lighthearted, outside of true crimey ones. And the two other true crime, or the few other true crimey ones that I really love is The Vanish. And that goes over people disappearing and the crazy stories that follow. And this one, those episodes can be a little bit on the longer side, but you get so invested so quickly. And the other one I love is Something Scary. It is very, it's a 30 minute podcast and it goes over like a couple different stories of just really spooky stuff. If you're into mysteries and like unsolved things, but not necessarily murder or mysterical, it's a brand new podcast. It's really great. I did happen to grow up with one of them, so I'm a little bit biased about how good the podcast is, but it's super interesting. It's one of those podcasts you just want to scream your opinion because they're just speculating. You're like, wait, I want more. And then the last one, I don't know if I should do this or not, but it's Mill Spouse Coffee House, and it's another military spouse podcast. They are a little bit older than us and they do have kids so if you don't feel like we are your community because you know maybe we're a little younger maybe we are dumber maybe we can't understand you because we don't have kids or anything like that um go ahead check them out or listen to both of us like we could share we could share a podcast we don't own all the podcasts honestly that is one thing i want to tell anybody in the military it doesn't matter if you're overseas stateside wherever you even in your even if you're lucky enough to stay in the same home state Find your group of people. Find Even if it's just one person that you like. Mm-hmm. Stick with that person. Find a happy place. It's really what we can do. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please like and leave a review below on the episode. Follow us on Instagram at PS We Have Orders Podcast. This is a great place to leave comments and any ideas for future episodes. We would love your feedback as well. Thank you again for listening. We look forward to seeing everybody in their comment section on Instagram. Thank you.